Everything's inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder Acharya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Our talk today is called A Vision for the Future. In his book, First Things First, our local Stephen Covey wrote about Viktor Frankl, an Austrian psychologist who survived the death camps of Nazi Germany. Frankl made a discovery about why some survived the horrible conditions and some perished. He looked at several factors, health, vitality, family structure, intelligence, survival skills. He finally concluded that none of these factors was primarily responsible. The single most significant factor was the presence of a future vision. That means to say the impelling conviction of those who were to survive that they had a mission to perform, a task to fulfill with the balance of their life. POWs from Vietnam and other places all reported across the boards a similar experiences, a compelling future-oriented vision, the primary force being what kept them alive. Fact is, we move towards what we consistently see. We need to remind ourselves of the promises that Krishna or God has put in our hearts, the dreams. When we were younger, when I was younger, when you were younger, when you were younger, you guys are younger. <laughs> Let's see if this is a prediction. We were going to make a difference. But later, there was a job, a family, deadlines to meet, bills to pay, diapers to change. And our life, some or other, went from making a difference to just making a living. Feed our families, feed our career, feed the bank balance. But our message today is, no matter what, you can't put your dreams on a shelf. You can't stop feeding your dreams because of all the mundane, immediate needs. If you keep your dream out in front of you, in spite of all that, it will come to pass. Prabhupada, our spiritual master, met his guru in 1922. At that very first meeting, his guru, Bhaktisiddhanta, told him to preach the gospel of Krishna in the Western countries. This is him on the lower right-hand side. He was running a business, a pharmaceutical company. He was married. He had kids. He could have easily dismissed the words of his spiritual master as not timely, not practical. But he didn't. For 45 years, can you imagine? He kept that vision in front of him. On one level or another, even while running his business, dealing with the pressures of his family, and everyday life, he still spent a lifetime in preparation to go to America and preach. For 45 years of such preparation, this one verse from the Bhagavad Gita, the song of God, kept running again and again through his mind. Second chapter, 42nd verse. 
Vyavishatmika Budi Eka Kurunan Bahushakayanatashtu Vyavishasayana. Quote Krishna says to Arjuna, those are on the path, the progressive forward, upward path, have certain things in common. They're resolute in purpose. Their aim is run. They're single-mindedly focused. Now, on the flip side, those who are irresolute, who are not on the path, their intelligence is all over the map. Bahushaka. It's many-branched. In 1922, Prabhupada got the order. In 1945, his children were grown. He was able to wind up his business. And he took the sannyas, or the renounced order of life. He wrote books. He published the magazine, Back to Godhead. This is 11 years before he finally quit India for America at the age of 70. Someone very appropriately said, if you can't see your vision, then how are you going to move towards it? <laughs> in the beginning days, when Prabhupada arrived in America, homeless, penniless, he had no followers, no temple, no money, not even a place to live. Sometimes he would loiter on a park bench. And every once in a while, a retired Jewish senior, Mr. Rubens, would sit down beside him. And they would chat. Mr. Rubens was concerned about this elderly Indian Swami who appeared to have no means of support. So we asked questions of Prabhupada, how he was going to make it, how he was going to survive. Mr. Rubens was later interviewed by the devotees, and he told them that during those conversations, when Mr. Rubens would ask after Prabhupada's well-being, his support, his sustenance, Prabhupada would respond by, gazing out into the distance. And he would tell Mr. Rubens, I have many disciples. I have dozens of temples. There's money coming in from the sale of my books. Mr. Rubens looked around. <laughs> All he saw was a man with not much to do sitting on a park bench. He couldn't see any of that being true in the moment. And then Prabhupada would add, only time separates me from them. He could have thought, boo-hoo, I'm an old man. My guru had sent younger, stronger, healthier men to Europe who tried to establish a foothold and they failed. How is an elderly man going to succeed in America in the counterculture, bringing process of orthodox spiritual purification to people who are addicted to LSD, illicit sex, meat-eating, gambling. It didn't look very promising for Prabhupada all alone there in New York in 1966. Prabhupada did not have a pity party. He did not lose heart because he knew that he was serving a supernatural God and as such Anything was possible. If you also have big God-centered dreams, can I tell you today that if you don't give up, you keep moving forward, Krishna or God will bring those dreams to pass. Prabhupada said, no matter how poverty-stricken or destitute-seeming were my circumstances, I never had any small plans 
for spreading Krishna consciousness. Today, there are 820 Hare Krishna temples all over the world. Our message today is that you are not inconveniencing God or Krishna by believing big. Just the opposite. When you take the limits off of what God can do, nothing pleases him more. Nothing puts a smile on his face more. If you'll dream big, Krishna will take that big dream of yours and he will supersize it. Why? Because his dream for our life is bigger than our own biggest dream. Gradually, Prabhupada attracted a few followers from among the hippies of the Lower East Side, New York. A modest storefront, which ironically was called Matchless Gifts already, was rented. Sunday programs, like the one we're having here, started up. There appeared an article about the Swami in the East Village Voice. Small beginnings. As described in Prabhupada's biography by Satsarupta, July 11th, 1966, he has a small group of followers. He's giving a lecture. There's one well-dressed man amongst the hippies. Prabhupada ends his lecture. He turns to the well-dressed man who was an attorney named Stephen Goldberg. He'd been meeting with Prabhupada. Prabhupada says, they are present here, Mr. Goldberg. You can take their addresses now. Mr. Goldberg, the lawyer, stands, and to the utter shock of the hippies gathered there, he makes a short announcement asking for signers on a document of incorporation of Prabhupada's movement, ISKCON, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. The meeting breaks up, and those who are called as trustees come forward. They stand around a little storefront waiting to leaf passively through the pages the lawyers produced to sign as he directs. And yet, not a soul among them is seriously committed to Krishna consciousness. The lawyer meets his quota of signers, but there are really just a handful of sympathizers who feel enough respect for the Swami to do what he tells him to. No one knows exactly what the half dozen legal size type pages mean, except that Swami is forming a society. Why? Out of that little storefront, where barely a handful of people would come two or three times a week, Prabhupada had, guess what? A vision for the future. He was determined to serve his spiritual master, who was serving his spiritual master and her spirit, and fulfill the prediction of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Pitivite Achejato Nagar Adigra. The chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, will spread to every town and village in the world. And in this current winter season of Kali Yuga, the Iron Age of the cosmos, the age of quarrel and hypocrisy, the chanting of Hare Krishna will spearhead a wave, a resurgence of God consciousness that will last for 10,000 years. From a tiny storefront in the Lower East Side of New York, Prabhupada has a vision that soars off the map, off the chart, to the end of the millennium and far beyond for 10,000 years. With his two feet planted solidly on Second Avenue, Prabhupada has begun an international society for Krishna consciousness.
It is said, with no vision, the people perish. With no vision, the people get stuck. With no vision, the people lose their passion. And I believe that's a problem in the West. We have no vision of the spiritual world. We only have speculation about who is God and what is his kingdom. Our default image, I imagine, is the old man on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel with gray hair and wrinkles, so tired that he can't even stand vertical. He's lying horizontally. There are little cherubs with wings holding his wrist, his elbow, his ankles up in the air. And I always feel so much sympathy. I don't know what the one little cherub did to be holding up his midsection. I don't know what punishment he's doing that for. We find that religion, spirituality in Western countries is pretty lackluster, at least compared to India. How much fun, honestly, is it going to be to go and spend eternity with some old guy? Keep your voices down. God's taking his afternoon nap. No ice cream today. God's watching his blood pressure. Whoopee. I've been to the temples in India. The largest temple is a Krishna temple in a place called Tirupati, not too far from Chennai. People wait for eight hours to get a few seconds in front of the Krishna deity. Once you get there, there's so many people behind you, you only get a few seconds. So after just folding your hands, Hare Krishna, they push you forward. And yet, every time the line moves forward, you might be 500 yards back, you might still be three hours away. But every time you take a step forward, everyone goes, Hare Krishna, Govinda, Hari 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 Bo. Now that's excitement. <laughs> and I believe it's because they have a vision. That God is not old, not tired, not worn out. He's young, he's hip. I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord, who stands with a flute to his lips, a nice crown on his head with raven black hair, and a peacock feather. Jantily tucked in there. His body takes the tribungaladetam, the threefold bending form, and his beauty defeats the beauty of millions of cupids. No wonder people are excited because they actually have a vision. They actually have a vision of who God is. Prabhupada says we can't see Krishna or God with our mundane eyes, but there is a scientific way to act in such a way that Krishna or God will reveal himself. And that involves keeping the vision of the Lord before us in his deity form, his name on our lips, to eat only sacred food, prasadam, offered to him all day, saying Krishna, 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 singing Krishna, discussing Krishna. We even party for Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Speaking of visions... When Vi and I thought of constructing a temple in, of all places, Spanish Fort, 
Remember, Lord Chaitanya said it would go to every town and village. So Spanish Fork, especially in 1981, certainly qualified as a town and a village. But we thought, what the heck, it's supposed to, it's going to come sooner or later. Might as well be sooner as later. But when we had this vision of a temple in 1991, we had $17,000 in the bank towards a $25,000 down payment on eight and a half acres of land, and we had her design on a piece of paper. That's all we had, but we had a vision, and that was the important thing. It was gonna take 10 years. It was gonna take a million and a half dollars. The substance was going to follow the vision, and all we had to do during that time was just keep moving towards that end, building momentum, getting supporters on board. We had a vision a destination, a goal. It seemed impossible, unique, improbable. The odds were against us. But let me tell you something. Those are the very reasons why some people are going to support you. The very reasons why you think it couldn't happen are the very reasons that if you present it properly are going to excite people. One local doctor from Salem, Dr. Robert Frampton, who's a Mormon, gives 10% everything right down the line. Dropped by one day with a check for $5,000. I said, Dr. Frampton, do you mind if I ask what you're inner thinking about this? And he said, I just couldn't help be infected by your excitement. And I didn't want that temple to be built with me not being a part of it. And I didn't want to drive down State Road after the temple was built with my grandkids in the car and not be able to tell them that I helped build that temple. So when you have a dream, be sure and share it. Be sure and tell other people about it because the very reasons why it's impossible are the very best arguments in favor of people supporting you. Maybe on a smaller level, you're not trying to build a Hare Krishna temple in an area that's 90% more. Maybe you're gonna be believing to restore a child who's off course, running with the wrong crowd, making bad choices. How are you going to get them back on track? Here's a thought. Have a vision. Engrave their name in a copy of the Bhagavad Gita, the Book of Mormon, and imagine them holding that one day in the temple in one of the services. You might want to conceive a child, but it's not happening. Here's a thought. Put some baby clothes in the closet to remind you of that dream, that vision. You want to go to a certain college, get the t-shirt, the hat. You'd like to lose some weight, buy a smaller dress size. These are like planting seeds. Every time you see them, you're reminded. Your vision is out of, in front of you and the seed grows towards the fulfillment of that dream. As far as realizing God is concerned, Prabhupada says, Hearing and chanting is the key to fix the mind on Krishna. When we're chanting, we just need to hear the sound vibration. That's all. It's our only job in chanting is just to hear. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. God appears initially in sound and then later on face to face. When we're so excited about hearing him that our hair stands on end, and goosebumps erupt on our body, then it's going to be very soon that we're going to see him first to face.
But the first way you experience God is through the ears. And the last way is through the eyes. Prabhupada continues here. When the devotees orally received the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as enacted in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, they immediately achieve a transcendental vision in which they are no longer interested in materialistic activities. Thus, they achieve freedom from the material world. And it's kind of ironic that it's often religion that represses the vision that we need. Many religions, they'll have a knee-jerk reaction to the deity form of the Lord. They don't themselves have any specific information of what God looks like, where he lives, what his name is, or anything. In the Bible, they refer to the quote, no man has seen God. Well, that doesn't mean that you can't see God. It just means that in the desert, out there among the nomads, nobody had seen God at that time. But it doesn't mean that you can't see God. Rather, God can reveal himself to those who are pure devotees. Premanjana churita bhakti balochanena santa sadayavidayashu vilokayanti yam shanim shundanam achindagana shukupam govindamari purushantam hamvidam. Who are those that see God whose eyes are tinged with the salve of love? Even before that, even in our unpurified form, Krishna is so kind, he gives a beautiful, resplendent vision of himself in the deity form. It's not an idol. It's not manufactured or made up. Imagine a post office box. When I was a kid, they were on almost every street corner. They were navy blue and orange, and they had PMG on them. They're just made out of metal like many other boxes that might be in junkyards and various places along the side of the road. But that particular box has the full authority of the United States government. The laws for vandalizing those post office boxes are much more severe than the municipal or the state laws. You're messing with the federal government. It's an authorized form of the Lord, which has been worshipped for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You combine the philosophy, the volumes and volumes of books, the, the hundreds and hundreds of great saints and sages who have seen God throughout the years, it is stated, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Daya Kara Habicha. If you put all that together and you give serious consideration to the process of Krishna consciousness, using all of your intelligence and all of your intellect to bring to bear, give it your due consideration, you will conclude that this is something amazing. When someone is chamat, their jaw hangs down, their eyes are wide, their hair is standing on end. The amount of information specifically about God coming down to us from thousands and thousands of years is unmatched. Here is God, we're saying. This is his name. These are his friends. This is where he lives. And this is his phone number. Just kidding. And that Krishna loves you. He wants big things for you. He has big dreams, big goals. He has a big destiny out in front of each and every one of his children. Now, let me tell you, if you can accomplish your current dreams with your own talents, with your own resources, your own connections, then I got to tell you, your vision is too small. You want to pump that up. 
You want to enlarge that vision. Why? Because what Krishna wants for you is too great. His assignments for you are too important for you just to have little old me goals, little old me dreams, little old me plans. You cannot outdream God. You can take your imagination and stretch it as far as possible. And Krishna will take that furthest stretch of your imagination and he'll supersize it. And then he'll take that and he'll supersize that. He wants to blow your mind. <laughs> After we opened this first temple in Spanish Fork in 2001, built from the ground up in what was at that time a rural agricultural area, Krishna went right ahead and empowered us to build another from the ground up temple on four acres of land, downtown Salt Lake City, Mill Creek, just 30 blocks from the state capital. And then he came back to Spanish Fork and he caused all, practically a whole city to grow up around what was once a building out in the middle of the country. What can Bai and I tell you, young people, based on our experience? Make plans. Big plans. Your country, your family, your church need you. You need this. Krishna will take you from glory to glory to glory to glory. We just have to do our part and not talk ourselves out of it. Dream big. Plan big. Think big. Why? Because we serve a big God. In the 1990s, a Hare Krishna devotee in Bangalore noticed that school truancy, school absenteeism was very high, 80%. Why? Kids couldn't spend a whole day in school with nothing to eat. They couldn't do it. Even the kids that did attend school regularly didn't perform that well because of the gnawing hunger pains throughout the day. So this devotee with a vision for feeding kids a hot midday meal. In 2000, he formed a corporation called Akshaya Patra. This takes its name from an episode in the Mahabharata when Draupadi, the wife of the Pandavas, had a bowl given to her by the sun god. And that bowl was meant to feed unlimited amounts of food to however many guests they would come. One day, Draupadi and her husbands were visited in their forest hermitage by Dervasamuni, who had 10,000 disciples. Now, Dervasamuni was an irascible sage. If he didn't get what he wanted and he didn't get it right away, he could curse you and your whole family for 10 generations. And yet, with this bowl, she was able to feed Dervasamuni and his 10,000 disciples within a half an hour. He called his program. Akshaya Patra after Draupadi's pot. He inaugurated initially a hot daily lunch in three schools, started feeding 1,500 children. The effect was amazing. More children started attending these schools regularly. And the ones who had been attending did much better in their scholastics. 
Today, this program feeds two million school children every day. So what do we learn? We learn never to say never. I could never feed that many children. I could never lose that kind of weight. I could never own my own business. I could never start a temple. Well, don't worry if that's the way you're thinking. You never will. If you cannot bring a vision in your mind, it's not going to happen. But instead of saying never, why not turn around and use your imagination to see yourself rising higher. See yourself accomplishing your dreams, overcoming your obstacles. Seeing yourself blessed, prosperous, happy, strong. If you do that, you'll be inviting the special favor of the all-powerful personality of God. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. We're asking you not only to imagine a great future, but also keep reminders of that future in front of you, of what Krishna has promised in your heart. Keep around you deities, devotees, pictures, which are windows to the spiritual world, sacred food, the Bhagavad Gita, the Tulsi plant. The spiritual world has a culture, just like any country. But this country is eternal. It's full of bliss and knowledge. The difference between the spiritual world and the material world is only one thing. In the spiritual world, matter is conspicuous by its absence. There are trees, there's houses, there's sunsets, there's mountains, there's rivers, there's cities, but there's no Matter. There's no matter. There's no birth. There's no death. There's no disease. There's no age. There's no junkyards. There's no gas stations. There's no terrorists. There's no pimples. There's no breakups. Your relationships are eternal. And the most important relationship is with God. So that vision of ultimate victory should translate over into all of our everyday activities as well. Whether it's a matter of losing weight or restoring your health, getting out of debt, or resolving a legal issue, know this, God made you a winner and not a loser, a lender and not a borrower. Whatever you touch with the right attitude, it will succeed. Whatever you can see, God is capable of giving it to you. The reason people are stuck is because they're not seeing a vision for the future. Why? They get their heads down. All they can look at is down where their problems are, where their feet are. Well, don't look down, depressed, discouraged. Get a new vision. Look up. Put some new pictures in front of you. All that you can see God is capable of giving it to you for the purpose of honoring him and uplifting your fellow human beings. Some of you might now be thinking that your dreams are too big, the difficulties are too many. It's been too long. If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. But Krishna brought you here tonight to hear me say that he's still on the throne. He's still going to bring that dream to pass. If you'll just do one thing, keep a big vision in front of you. Krishna is going to do something big in your life. Krishna will release his favor, 
like you've never seen or even imagined before. He'll take you to places you could never go on your own, take your big dreams and even supersize them, open doors that no man can shut, buckle your seatbelt, put on your hard hat, get ready. Every dream, every promise, every goal that Krishna has placed in your heart, if you do your part, it will come to pass. Keep Krishna first place and the future will always be better than the past. Victory, blessedness, joy are all assured in this life. And in the next life, you'll go back home, back to the spiritual world of eternity, bliss, and knowledge. If any of that sounds good to you, please raise your hands along with me. And let's say it together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari.